0: Welcome to another episode of GDPR Now. We are going to be talking about cookies. This is part two of a cookie two-parter, and this is the episode in which we're looking at the specific cookie management software, which we'll be reviewing very shortly. In the studio with me, I have Karen Heaton of Data Protection for Business.
1: Hi, Mark. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Welcome back. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you do in your business?
1: Thank you. Yes, um, I set up a data protection consultancy for small and medium-sized organisations a couple of years ago to help them with their data protection requirements. I have a background in software implementation, uh, operations, regulations, and understand some of the data challenges that organisations have. So I'm very pleased to be here today,
0: thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Karen, for coming. Um, So we are gonna be uh, looking at three, here's the three items of software we're gonna be looking at. First of all, Cookie Control, which is produced by Civic UK, based in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, Then Cookie Pro, which is produced by One Trust, which is dual headquartered in, I think, Atlanta, Georgia and London, UK and then CookieBot, which comes out of Denmark. Um, And those are the three items of software we've been looking at. We're gonna give you a bit more information about the companies in a minute, but I think just now, it's probably worth talking a bit about how we went about reviewing the three different elements of software. Maybe Karen, you could just address that. Yes.
1: Um, so how we approached this exercise, I have to say it was a bit more work than we originally uh, expected. Um, but what we basically looked at in scope was obviously the company overview. Uh, we looked at the ease of implementation. Uh, we focused on WordPress um, because we have websites running on WordPress. And we, and we looked at it from a DPO perspective or a business owner, someone who didn't necessarily have a, a lot of technical expertise, We looked at the features and functions, again, from a DPO, business owner, website owner perspective. And we did some high-level testing on the free versions on our own websites. Uh, Then what we did was, um, you know, you might have heard in our previous part one podcast, um, where we just explained the recent ICO guidance, the regulations, around cookies what we did there was we mapped the requirements from those regulations and guidelines to the functional functions and features that each of the products needed to have Um, and we have a list of those that we're going to explain to you shortly Um, however we also want to just make it clear what we didn't do so we didn't do a technical deep dive we didn't do a code review we didn't um, try and work out whether the consent logs were properly constructed, et cetera. We, that, that would be something for a more technical analysis. Um, and we didn't do in-depth testing of the pro versions, um, customizations of the customizations of the banners, for example,
0: so. I, to be fair, I ran some of the pro versions, but um, most of the stuff was done looking at the, uh, right. at the free.
1: So that, that was our, our approach to the vendor review.
0: Okay, so, and it's worth saying that I think all of them, uh, so all of them have got plugins for WordPress, Drupal and and other platforms. Uh, We, as as Karen mentioned, we look purely at the WordPress plugins and you do need some techie techie assistance. You can't do this stuff on your own. I think all of them try to be, um, uh, try to, yeah, as easy and helpful as possible, but actually I think the long short of it is you need someone familiar with, programming websites, otherwise you come and unstuck pretty yeah. quickly. Uh, I think view. I would
1: have broken my website quite quickly if I tried to do it myself. Okay,
0: good. Uh, well, at least we agreed on that. Then in terms of the companies, um, we're going to just give you a quick view of each. Uh, the CookieBot, why don't you talk talk about that one, Karen? Yes,
1: for... so CookieBot Cookie is the one that I spent most time looking at. Um, as Mark previously said, they're based in Denmark. Um, they also are registered under the name of CyBot, uh, an American organisation. They've got around 150,000 websites, uh, two billion consent users, and uh, around 40 languages, and they are recommended by Google, Microsoft, and Comparatech.
0: Okay, and then um, and then we've got uh, OneTrust, which produces CookiePro. Now OneTrust is kind of you know one of the big uh, companies in the privacy world, 700 employees, dual headquartered, um, and CookiePro is their kind of easy. Uh, well, they're easy access a product. Um, and if you some of the websites which use uh, Cookie Pro, Volvo Cars, Coca-Cola and Foot Locker, if you want to take a look at those.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cookie Control, now, they're a Scottish company. Um, obviously, I'm familiar with Scottish companies. Their key customers are the Scottish Government, CPS, and it, very interestingly, the UK Information Commissioner's Office.
0: So that's a background on the three companies. And then as part of the kind of, um, you may hear lots of rustling of paper because we're surrounded by various reports and so on. But then we, what we did to try to boil it down, but we got about 12 different questions we went through, which we thought were kind of must haves for, for this kind of, this kind of software. And bear in mind, it's what we said in the part one of this, that, um, the cookie world at the moment is not a stable world right there's a lot of movement uh, and there's what the regulators say it's the law There's what the law actually is uh, and there's a law evolving with for example the fashion id case see previous podcasts and then we've got the privacy regulation uh, due to come in 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 2020. Um, so the the in picking your software you probably need something which allows you to customize it or configure it in the right way um, and to the extent it doesn't, you need to, I guess, faith uh, in the company that they're gonna make the changes to keep it up to date as, they, as it goes forward. Um, one final point before we start uh, talking about, about specific issues, we will put on the show notes, contact details, Uh, For the for each of the each of the each of the vendors, because there are questions you will be thinking of we won't be able to answer, and in fact even questions that we are thinking of that we're unable to answer. Um, And rather being the the middlemen and not doing a very good job of it, you're probably better off talking to them directly. So, without further ado, so the first thing this starts off with a list, which is fairly. Or in English, called Noddy, uh, very simple. And then it gets a bit more complicated as we move on. So the first thing is, clearly, you've got to have the each of the you know, cookie management uh, technology, cookie management platform. will make a different distinction of that a bit later. But it's got to be, indicate that cookies are being used, right? It sounds self-evident, but it's important. But clearly, they all do that. You go on the website, it pops up, uh, and it's got a cookie banner. Secondly, it's got to provide... A link, well, some disclosure in itself, you know, what cookies you're collecting, what uses are you making, how long are the cookies going to last, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's got to provide some disclosure uh, of that, um, that to that extent and also a link to further disclosure like your cookie policy, privacy policy. And then they all do that. The next item uh, on our kind of wish list is have an automatic search. So it can review your uh, website and see what actual cookies are there. Because if you're the, a business person or you're a DPO, you, and it's, that website's been there for a while, build up over years, you may not be absolutely clear what cookies are there. Remember we say cookies, using it in, in the broadest possible sense, you know, uh, cookies, tags, pixels, beacons, you know, anything which, which provides tracking technology. So that was a question. Do you get an automatic search? So where did we get to on that on that then, Karen? So we had um
1: CookieBot and Cookie Pro both offering that functionality out the box currently, with Cookie Control planning on releasing the um the scanning and auto detection feature until Q4 this year. Both CookieBot and Cookie Pro, you can have a scheduled rescan or ad hoc scan of your website. Obviously, depending which version you've got, I have a free version and it automatically does it monthly. If you have a pro version, etc., you can set those settings um, how you like them. Um, so Two out of three, basically, I would
0: say. Okay, and the third one will uh, have that functionality. Q4. Q4 this year. Yeah. And we'll come back to we will talk about the how much each cost later on. And um, they all come in free and paid versions with different amounts. But we'll talk about the, the functionality now. We'll come on to the costs later on. Now, I think it's worth pointing out also that uh, Cookiebot, or that Cookiebot and what and the and the Cookie Pro both provide the search functionality. Cookiebot is of the opinion that it's got a brand new, highly effective kind of search functionality, which is different and better than that's available on the market.
1: Yeah, so what Cookiebot are are launching this month, actually, um, they have a product enhancement coming, which will automate the implementation of prior consent. Um, This functionality would currently, we understand, be unique in the marketplace. And what it allows organisations to do is to implement the application or the the software tool without having to manually mark up all their cookie settings and tags in their website code um, in order for the solutions to be able to block cookies. So it's, it's a plug and play feature that eases the implementation burden, especially for large organizations who may, who may have multiple websites or very large websites. So we haven't had a chance to test it or anything. We haven't seen it, but that is coming. Um, which, you know, the whole idea of cookies loading before the acceptance to consent has taken place is obviously another, is, is a key question that we asked each vendor, um, and all three of the products allow uh, do do not load cookies until consent is given, and they can all and those can all be configured. So, for example, strictly necessary cookies can be set to automatically load because they're strictly necessary and they may be required for the website to function. However, if website owners decide they don't want to load those uh, strictly necessary cookies until consent so a user gives consent, they can it that way as well. Why well, they'd want to, I'm not entirely sure, but, but effectively each of the three products can be configured flexibly on the gaining of consent before the cookies are loaded.
0: Okay, so that's, that's kind of, the, so we've got the auto search and then um, that was one criteria and then do they all prevent cookies loading before consent is given except for necessary cookies? And to that latter question, prevent cookies loading for percent is given. Yeah, tick in the box, all of them. Mm-hmm. On the automatic search, so if you want to find information about how that works and why on the cookie Bot functionality, then there'll be contact details in the show notes. You can follow up with them. Um, if you are from uh, cookie pro, or quicker control and you think we haven't actually captured your functionality correctly and yours is the same or better then please drop us a line uh, and we'll uh, bring that up at on the, on the next available podcast and or put it in the show notes then the next thing on on the list is uh, allow a choice of opt-in or opt-out um, and the reason we're talking about that if you go back to the, to the, the previous podcast in theory, everything uh, which requires consent has to be an opt-in basis on along GD- lines of GDPR. but you remember from the pre- from part, the part one podcast that the Kal, the French ICO, the French data supervisor is saying actually no. for some things you can have opt-in uh, so you can have opt out so you can be opted in until you've op to deliberately opt out and the ICO is saying more or less the same thing for. Uh, not just analytics, but but for any cookies, which are, what was the phrase, low level of harm, low level intrusiveness. And they all seem to do that. So that's tick for that box.
1: Yes, um, they do. They all allow opt-in, opt-out at the category
0: level. At the category level. A really important point. We'll come back to that later.
1: Yes, hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> opt-in, opt-out at the category level. And obviously you can have Many cookies within one
0: category. Yeah, um, and then the next question was: did they allow the categorization of cookies? Which is yes. They all tend to they all allocate them by a category. They search through them. This looks like a marketing cookie. We'll put it in this category. This looks like something else. Put it in another category. And then the other question was: Well, can you create new categories? What happens if they've, you start with four categories, but you want a fifth and a sixth? From my understanding, Karen, they didn't. Numbers. No,
1: there, there was a very clear answer from uh, CookieBot to say they, it's four categories. Um, less explicit from the other two vendors, um, but the Im- inference certainly is that it's the, f- the same standard four categories. What can happen, though, is that cookies can move between categories, and that can be done by the website owners.
0: Yeah, you can reallocate. They'll, they'll do a default allocation, then you can move it from... Yeah from um, one category to another.
1: And sometimes uh, cookies may come up as uncategorized. and best practice would state that you'd really prefer to categorise them properly and add them into the appropriate category so the user can accept or reject as required.
0: Okay, and then we talked about in the part one the, what well, the ICO effects as non-nudge, i.e., Can you set up your cookie banner so it it, it gives equal uh, prominence to the accept-reject choices? Um, And in fact, can you have accept-reject-modify? And my understanding, they all seem to allow that in various forms.
1: Yeah, They all have customizations to their consent banners. Uh, Obviously, the more you pay for the product, the more customization you can do. Uh, colors, styles, et cetera, et cetera. So,
0: House styles as well. House styles, yeah. So it's, yeah. All, it's all doable. So it's all doable. I mean, on the free version, you get minimal functionality, but you kind of expect that. Um, the other thing that, well, the next question is, it says, we, we asked ourselves, does the software, do the software uh, allow uh, consent to be collected to the GDPR accountability standard? Now, we haven't reviewed the logs, but we understand that they all do that. So, they, you know, it's, they record the, the, by the device identify the person identifying that device, when it was, and so on. Um, and they also allow a quite kind of audit functionality.
1: Of that, yeah. So, so yeah, so the, each vendor sets a, its own cookie to record the consents um, chosen by each user, um, that cookie is um, th- they s- they set persistence on that. Uh, to the company, set it for twelve months, and Cookie Control allows you to uh, customize it. Um, so each of the three of them allow you access to those consent to the information in those consent cookies in slightly different ways. Um, but it's all available. You may have to go through support, or it might be available in the. Um,
0: That's right. If I remember, if I remember correctly, the cookie bot, they all have audit things. They track. They track the who's who's consented, who's gone back and unconsented, um, and they track the changes to your privacy policy and so on. So you, you have an audit trail of who does what and against what, against which disclosure do they do uh, what it is. So yes, they collect consent to the accountability standard. Each of them allows you, to, the users, to go back and change their consent. They all allow audit trail. Slightly easier with Civic, uh, with sorry, with Cookie Control and with Cookie Pro. In my understanding, uh, Cookiebot allows it, but it's not in the U- UI at the moment. You to go back to their support and ask. Uh, probably get fixed the next um, release, I assume. And in terms of the persistence, as Karen was saying, CookieBot and Cookie Pro set the persistence at twelve months. So you give your consent, twelve months after that, your consent is white, yeah. and you come back again.
1: You have to reconsent. You
0: have to re-consent. And civic And Cookie Control, produced by Civil UK. They
1: allow you to customise that.
0: They allow you to customise that. They
1: allow you to customise the time period, i.e. the persistence, for the consent cookie, for their consent cookie. Um, I think um, Cookie Pro and Cookie Bot have followed the guidance, Mm. you know, recommended by of a year. So, for example, uh, to go and ask users again. They didn't want it to be over-intrusive, but... You know, you can't have necessarily persistence for consents lasting for three, four, or five years. So, so they've set it at 12, 12 months at
0: the moment. Um, now we talked about opt in, per, opt out on a per category basis, on a per cookie basis, um, and that's slightly different. So, um, so we and then so we asked uh, all three vendors to what extent they allowed. Uh, opt-in, opt-out on a per cookie basis. And if I understand it correctly, uh, they do, but only to the extent it's linked to the IOB consent framework.
1: Yeah, so I think if we talk through a practical example of that, uh, so marketing cookies, for example, there could be tens of different organisations who are running marketing or advertising cookies on your website. And so what the vendors have said is that, you know, out of the box, the products allow users to consent on a ca- at the category level. So they don't have to go in individually and say yes, no to each of the um, marketeers or online advertisers that they might have um, cookies running. But what they do, all three of them do allow, and they're they're all signed up to be able to support something called the International Advertising Bureau's Transparency Framework, the IAB, Um, they have functionality that you can apply and you can use on your website that will meet the level of granularity required by the IAB framework. Now that level of granularity goes down to individual cookies within categories. But from a purely practical perspective, you know, it's always going to be a balance between how difficult you or time-consuming it might be for users to go and have to say yes, no, yes, no to various uh, vendors within a category, or whether you just want to give them the options to um, opt in or opt out at the category level. So I've, I've tried it in a couple of websites, and um, yeah, it can be quite time-consuming.
0: Yes, I have noticed that one of the websites I tried that if you. Reject the marketing cookies, whatever they call it. It gives you to lo- a long list, and you, then you have to reject them all 200 one by one. Just... Now, in our view, I mean the the is very clear that's not acceptable. I think the ICO would be very clear if asked that that's not acceptable. Yeah. You you know you might be able to, you're entitled to accept them one by one if you if that's what you want to do, but you're entitled to reject them on block as well if you want.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, and I mentioned the the distinction between earlier. I mean, this is this is um, emerging terminology. So um, I think when cookie management uh, technology, which is the software we're talking about, and then it plugs into a cookie management platform, which is typically something that exists in the ad tech world where someone's actually managing the cookies, and where they're trying to collect uh, cookie consen- consent per third party third party cookie provider. And pass that down the chain and that's what they all seem to plug in uh to the iab framework. So that seems that is a dominant framework uh, at least in europe for the time being um and one other interesting thing we asked was which is kind of slightly perverse you may think the uh the ico says there's no such thing as legitimate interest with cookies because of course legitimate interest is a, a creature of the situation of the gdpr and with cookies all you get is either necessary no consent required or not necessary cookie consent required but actually if you look at the way the the ico has described its kind of low intrusiveness low harm that's kind of a verging on a legitimate interest approach and also, if you look at the Fashion ID European Court decision case, they kind of ignored the whole cookie um, e-privacy analysis and looked purely at, at GDPR and legitimate interest. Well, it was a pre-GDPR case, but looked purely legitimate interest. So we asked each of them uh, whether they allow legitimate interest as a basis. And the answers we got were cookie pro, uh, yes, as part of the IOB consent framework, um, cookie bot uh, not exactly it's a workaround is it not?
1: Yes so what, what the way they I mean they see this as a highly unlikely scenario I tend to agree with them um, but it can be done by setting the purpose category of these uh, cookies to unclassified um, or necessary and then just saying in the description of the tracker that legal, the legal basis is in the, that the legal basis is uh, legitimate interest Um, And interestingly, in cookie control, um, they allow you to um, specify it. But even if you specify cookie as legitimate interest, they still allow the user to switch it off. Uh, Because their view, which is totally understandable, is that um, they respect the preference of the end user above everything else. So. so in
0: that instance, you will probably better have to have it opted in to begin with, and they have a choice to opt out. Probably an easier way of handling it. So that's a kind of summary of the functionality went through. Um, a lot of similarities, a lot of style. People have. If you look, you you once we're giving you some um, uh, websites that are being used on. So if you look at those, students and you don't recognise them already, you'll soon see the different styles and how, how they and see which one you prefer. And what we're going to talk about now is just the pricing, um, and we're kind of so they all come in in kind of free, limited functionality as you'd expect
1: for uh, under hundred pages. Yeah, hundred pages, one domain, less than hundred pages.
0: Exactly, and then um, and then you you pay more depending on how, how the number of pages and number of domains it's running on. So, so
1: yeah, so Cookiebot and Cookie Pro come in basically the same price uh, as we've gone to press for the premium and small, which is for less than five hundred pages per domain, and it's just under hundred pounds per, per, per year per year per year. Yeah, it's like eight pounds okay. a month
0: okay. per
1: domain oh, that's right, for yeah. under five hundred pages. So that works about uh, one hundred pounds a year. Um, Cookie controls coming in less than that. Um, it doesn't say how many pages on this one. Uh, one website domain and, and domains, yeah. £39 uh, plus 29. bat per year for that one. You need to check the number of pages that allows. And then in the uh, medium and large, in the medium, we've got uh, CookieBot coming in at around £200, £280 for Cookie Pro. And cookie control um, around two hundred pounds as well, and that's for um, less than five thousand pages. Um, so
0: less than five thousand pages for the cookie bot. They all they all work on slightly different, different metrics. It makes yeah. it quite hard to work out. Uh, less than five hundred pages for per cookie domain, bot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and One
1: domain unlimited for cookie pro. So it's a bit more because it's unlimited number of pages, and then it's. Ten websites unlimited for um, cookie control. So it's really going to depend on your individual setup, um, which which pricing model works best for you. And I guess the other thing to consider as well is you know wh- what are, what is the support like, which aspects of the features and the functions do you like, um, you know how important is it to have uh, the look and feel. You know, as Mark said, each tool looks slightly different um, on some different websites. And then again, you know, the normal choices you have for software vendors. Do you want to go with a really large company or would you rather go with someone uh, who's perhaps a bit smaller, a bit more niche? Um, It just then becomes um, individual preference as to what kind of organization uh, you're happy to um, sign up with, really.
0: Um, Though it's fair to say, probably, that if you're short of cash, then CIVIC, it's a cookie control is probably the, well, it's certainly the cheaper option, you take take a view whether it's better value for you or or not, that's up to you. You will have heard us mention that we got the makers of the software to fill in a questionnaire. Uh, We've asked them for permission to make copies of the completed questionnaire available, and we're expecting them to say yes. So. If you'd like a copy of the completed questionnaires, please send us an email. You can send the emails to either info at dpo4business.co.uk, that's info at dpo4business.co.uk, or to info at dpo.co.uk. I'll repeat those emails again, but you can find them in the show notes uh, if it's easier. So that's info at dpoforbusiness.co.uk or info at thisisdpo.co.uk if you want copies of the completed questionnaires. I think that brings us yeah. to, to the end of that.
1: Yeah, I hope it's been clear because it it's can be quite a technical topic there's different aspects to, there's technical aspects to cookies. There's, you know, they're described and, and uh, configured in different ways. Um, but I hope we've managed to bring it to a, an understandable level and uh, be able to compare each vendor um, as fairly as possible in the time we had.
0: Good. Okay. Well, Karen, well, I thought, was, I was, I'll repeat what Karen says. I hope it's been helpful for everybody. Um, any questions uh, probably best to go to the uh, uh, software providers themselves. Details are in the show notes. If you've got any more general questions or issues you'd like to see us address or like to appear on the podcast, uh, please drop me uh, an email at, at uk. Karen, thank you very much for helping out, coming along you and very helping way? out. Not at all. Uh, Just to remind you, this is brought to you by This Is DPO, which you can find at thisisdpo.co.uk. And that's it. I look forward to speaking to you next time.
1: Thank you.